Hey, what's going on? It's dwarves. It's evil dwarves. Yeah? Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't give you time to answer, hey, what's going on? That's all right. It was a very long answer anyways, and we just don't have time. We got to talk about... We got to talk about evil dwarves. evil dwarves. Yeah, we got to talk about <clears throat> evil dwarves on this inaugural episode of Tooth and Nail the Monsters podcast. All the other ones, they were just they were just playing around in order to get to the main event. Yeah, they were the precursor episodes. We're naming it Dwarves and Dwarves, a Monsters podcast. I'm Orion. I think I'm Travis. And you're listening to Tooth and Nail the Monsters podcast, where today we're talking about Duergar. 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 I'm going to say Durgar because Durgar. Yeah, I, I can... Yeah, Durgar is not Correct, how it's spelt but it is but we may say that several times just <laughs> in the same way that like you know how you like pronounce pokemon names not you travis but like who you whomst is listening yeah just pronounce pokemon names weird because you learned that shit when you were eight and you never quite like yeah. got it out of your system which Chandler. Is- yeah garotna yeah like giarados <laughs> uh I'm gyrodos sorry. yeah gyro or whatever <laughs> Um, we're gonna probably mess it up a couple times. Forgive, forgive, to, to air be human, says I. But the Duergar, it is an evil dwarf, hangs out in the Underdark. This is kind of like a trope. There's like the fantasy thing, and then there's the evil fantasy thing. So we talked about Driders last time, and Drow are just like evil elves. Duergar, just like, what if a Drow was a dwarf, a dwarf though? evil, <laughs> Nerblin, they're good, they're gnomes, oh, but yeah. they're evil. Sverfneblin, Sverfneblin, mm-hmm. I think. Are they evil? I yeah, uh, no, I actually don't think they are evil. I think they're like closer to like neutral, but eh. we'll get to they that. They live in the, the evil place. Yeah. <laughs> we'll either get to that. No, we can't get to that because they'd either be, be called Sverfneblin or Deep Gnomes, but they can't be called Deep Gnomes because we're, we're at the end that. of D, the letter that took 10 months and we're done. <laughs> we out of D. We out of D. We've reached the end of the D. I'm shocked that there is never like evil underdark humans. I guess that's what <laughs> that'd be too self-aware. Are, right? I guess. No, right. no. Regardless, we're gonna get into it. These guys, they're they're evil dwarves. They're fine. They're dwarves. They have a couple of like fun little magical effects, um, but they're more or less what you would expect if you listened to last episode and you know about Drow. You more or less know about Duragar, except for the details. So let's get into them details right now. Let's get all up in those guts. Those dwarven, dwarven guts. Oh my, those tough, hardy, dwarven hardy, guts. Hardy, invisible, enlarged, dwarven guts. It's a purple dwarf. <laughs> it's a purple spiky Excuse dwarf. Excuse me, he's apparently gray, oh. is what they say. Yeah, all right. But you're right. <laughs> I read it as purple. I'm not sure why. Uh, it is. Oh, right. it is. All right. That's a gray dwarf. I like his cloud beard. Yeah. I My first thing, if I had seen this, like, sans context, I would have thought it was something to do with, like, cloud giants or storm giants. No, yeah, no, it, it does. just looks like a small yeah, storm sure, giant. Yeah. Isn't, is that, like, a, is there connective tissue between the dwarves and the giants in d and I don't <sighs> think so. I don't think so. Because they're, like, gods are so different, right? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no, like, like a... progenitor or anything. But didn't we talk about that briefly with, like, Azer or something? I don't know. Well, because Azer's, Azer's just look like big dwarves. Yeah, I yeah, can't remember. Something like that. <laughs> uh, regardless, it does kind of look like a cloud giant. I know we haven't gotten into cloud giants but if you're aware of what a cloud giant looks like it looks like that but like regular proportioned as opposed to like 
Slender Man. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know, dwarves. You've seen you've seen a fantasy dwarf. They're covered in like spikes and armor and has big hammer and He's is grump. Sort of wearing like Witcher 3 Geralt's armor, which is fun oh, yeah. because like this is way before that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, it's quite cool. I mean like the dwarf, <laughs> whatever. It's a cool underdark dwarf. What do you want? Yeah. They have ain't got no color in their eyes. Yeah, they, they have got no the, iris. The blank eyes. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I I don't know. I, the like action stances cool it's fine. fine it's a dwarf it's a fantasy dwarf it, it looks like this looks like the picture they would have used for the playable race durgar mm. so yeah. that's just what it feels like i do like the painterly quality for it like i think the color job is quite pretty and i think the yeah. like the beard looks awesome I yeah think. the beard looks just really cool brush used, just like yeah. brushy and poofy and that's quite good but beyond that in terms of character design it a dwarf yep it a dwarf with spikes in terms of the lore that we get for these guys, uh, we learned that basically um, it was those dang mind flayers. If anything bad done happened in the Underdark, it was those dang dad illithids. It feels like if anything bad happened ever, illithids were probably at least at marginally least like, a yeah, part of it. like adjacent to it, I feel like. <laughs> they that were is in true. The, the same vicinity of the yeah, bad shit They were happening. in the other room. <laughs> So basically how it happened is that a bunch of dwarves went into the Underdark uh, and they got they got their brains melted by a bunch of uh, mind flayers. And mind flayers are, you know, you know what a mind flayer is. They're psionic evil creatures. They steal your brain and eat it and, you know, kind of brainwash folks in order to do their bidding. And so a whole group of dwarves got brainwashed and enslaved by these mind flayers. Uh, and then with some help from this evil god, they broke free and have been resentful of the Mind Flayers ever since a great blood war occurred. <laughs> there was another war mm-hmm. called the... It does, you know, <laughs> I, it does feel like that, though. Like, if anything is going to be mad at anything else, it's always I'm mad against the Mind Flayers. <laughs> Right. There's like the blood war, which is just a thing that's always going on. Mm. But then there's always just like, I'm the abolith and I'm mad at mind flayers for things that happened yeah. forever ago. We're the gith and we're mad at mind flayers <laughs> for things that happened a million years ago. I'm sure that fucking, um, what's the dragon god? The, uh, the ba- bad one. Bahamut? No, no. The bad one. Uh, Tiamat. Tiamat. I always forget. We always name. forget. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Tiamat had like problems yeah. with mind flayers. Ah, the at mind flayers. They were dragons like a... once, but I doomed them. Well, because like red dragons, for some reason, can fly through the astral plane. It's uh, a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're mad at the mind flayers, and this is typically a thing that I like. Uh, I feel like Underdark doesn't get points for that anymore because everything's mad at everything else in the Underdark. But I usually like when like, oh, I'm this, and I don't like this, and this is how I fit into the larger ecology of the world and whatnot. I specifically like it when everything's mad at mind players. I do kind of like the trope. (laughs) It's like just this one centralized evil that is just irredeemably bad that you can always point at and be like, it's probably them. Yeah, you know, (laughs) the more and more with it. So, like, I feel like we've gone off on already, like, a bunch of tangents. (laughs) Um, But there's not that much to these dwarves, so fuck it. I... I feel like there are different categories. So, like, I like Displacer Beasts a lot. I like Mimics a lot, because, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I really like how Mind Flayers are kind of, like, the architects of all bad in the universe. Like, much more than dragons and, yeah. and shit like that. Like Sincerely, it's beca- because, like, their whole thing spans, like, the multiverse yeah. of planes and shit. Yeah. And so it's this, they've always just been their fucking things up for people. Yeah. It's very neat. Yeah. I think I dig Mind Flayers quite a bit, actually. Can't wait to get to them. Yeah, in like <laughs> two million years. 
all this all this time uh kind of being you know enslaved by the mind flayers and corrupted by them and just like the nature of being in the underdark and then you know kind of forging this alliance with this evil god uh duergar consequently became kind of like evil and jaded and cynical and and bad folk and whatnot the book tells us that they um have like no memory of what it means to be happy or proud of themselves which like feels kind of rough yeah uh yeah, yeah it feels it's, kinda... it's also like a very um i can't remember what thing we said this what i said this about but it feels like a thing written by like a, a high school slash college student like this is my evil race and they don't know what it feels like to be happy yeah, anymore it does verge on like <laughs> like shadow fell shit yeah like i'm mad the, and sad yeah. forever yeah i can also like i can also kind of imagine this coming out of like a lord of the rings thing right like Gollum sat in that cave for 500 years and lost all memory of joy and whatever yeah that that i i read is good yeah. it's the idea that it does pertain to the entire race yeah. freshly born and whatever yeah and it's weird <laughs> yeah fantasy races aren't good yeah generally speaking duergar hate like the the above dwarves <laughs> the man yeah they hate just like regular dwarves that hang out above the caves or at least higher up in the caves look at them up uh, there yeah just two, <laughs> two two feet above us <laughs> they're they're in caves that are higher up yeah. that's bullshit. sons of bitches yeah there's this weird line <laughs> that's like because they've spent all this time in the underdark they have better dark vision and i'm like don't regular dwarves just hang out in caves all the time you know caves in the underdark very different sure i mean <laughs> yeah whatever there there are some ontological reasons for why that may be true um but regardless <laughs> this is like a big trope like all, all the drow hate regular elves all the evil dwarves hate the regular dwarves and you know we're just fighting our own our own shadows yeah which is like sure fine so as a result of this like you know years of enslavement under these psionic evil things uh their brains have kind of like reformatted in a way and consequently they're like more able to just like shrug off spells and and <laughs> like charms and and illusions and things like that and that's kind of cool it is basically just like you know uh magic resilience magical resilience magic resistance yeah. um but because it's like firmly attached to a spot in history it feels kind of cooler to me yeah and it's also like specific yeah it's like neatly specific in yeah. the things that it yeah. helps against yeah i'm i know magic i know what it's like to be under the influence of magic yeah consequently you can hit me with like illusions specifically and charms specifically and that's that's pretty cool furthermore because the underdark is saturated with strange magical power as the book tells us uh duergar they have this ability to just like get really big and small. <laughs> yep. uh, they can turn into big ogre sized things and they can also turn invisible for a short time as well. These are just kind of truths about their lives. <laughs> These are just truths. These are just truths. If they need be big, they be big. If they need be gone, they be gone. Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, which is like cool and fine as well. Like I, I don't know. I go back and I feel like the underdark is kind of played out a little bit. But I do really like mind flares. I do like the idea of this evil cave that just gives you weird shit. <laughs> Uh, I do think, I think maybe there's just a bit too much, like, stuff written about the Underdark. I think that's true. It's kind of become a little banal to me. Yeah. But I like it conceptually. Right. Yeah. Mm. I would like to see a new spin on it at yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
hard reboot, new 52, <laughs> and all the 52s are different tunnels. The Underdark is above now. Whoa! <laughs> Take that, society. And then very lastly, the book tells us that Asmodeus sometimes will put his greasy mitts on our, <laughs> on our sweet, sweet dwarven uh, friends. Um, and then they'll like band together and do some evil shit. You know, he'll give them power in exchange for doing evil. Okay. It's just another one of those things where it's just like, hmm, these people are low down deep in the earth and they're all bad and evil. They're close to hell or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Even though, like, I feel like plainer, plainerly yeah. that isn't the Underdark like close to the abyss? Isn't That's that what I've heard. But then, like, whatever. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't... Fuck it. They just wanted to, you know... Who knows? What, who else can get there? just want Asmodeus to yeah. just be around, you Who else know? wants a piece of that pie? They did mind flares. Can't have a dragon. That's too much like the Hobbit. Let's get uh, let's get Asmodeus in there. Let's throw some Satan in that mix. I love that it's also just, like, he imitates Dorogar gods. Yeah. Giving us no examples of what, who, what or who those are. Well, I mean, they do, of... they do mention Laddugar... Cool. Laduger. <laughs> I don't know. He's the evil god. He does evil things. He's the evil god. Oh, good. From what I can read in this book, it is that that is the god. The of evil. evil god. All lowercase, though. Oh, I guess that's true. I don't know. Fuck it. I like the idea of. I mean, like, I always like the idea of Asmodarius pretending to be a different thing in order to do some shit. But Durgar are always, like, they're already evil. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what the. I don't know, couldn't you just be like, hey, I'll give you Fireball if you do some evil shit for me. Okay, why not? <laughs> yeah, dope. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I was gonna burn that orphanage anyway, I'll just, you know. In terms of some adventure hooks, I mean, it's Underdark shit, right? So once you have an uh, Underdark adventure, feel free to throw some of those guys. The problem is, is that we're Drow, and I don't know if Durgar have this, uh, but Drow explicitly do, like, nighttime raids on, like, the land above. Uh, so, consequently, you could, like, do a drow, like, the uh, random encounter if you needed to. I don't necessarily know that uh, these guys, Durgar, do them. Well, I well. think Durgar are, like, very strictly caves, right? Like, it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily has to be under dark, but I do think to roll a random encounter mm -hmm. for them, you need to be in a cave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could do, like, dwarf shit if your friends are way into dwarf shit. You could yeah. be like, let's go to the dwarf halls. Oh, no, the evil dwarves! Oh! <laughs> They're getting us. Durgar assassinating the Dwarf King. Ah. So that could be something you could do. I also like the idea of, like, we could just go and fight some Mind Flayers, and all of a sudden, it's like the anti-Hobbit, where they're like, we have to go and fight the Elder Brain at the bottom of the Underdark, and then they get there, and it's a big army of evil dwarves fighting <laughs> the evil brain. You walk into a war on accident. Yeah, that could be kind of fun. Or yeah. like, oh, the last minute we're we're doing our assault on the Mind Flayer place, and then in the middle of it, there's just like a bum 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 Gandalf, but he's an evil dwarf. Is yeah. on the horizon. riding on the backs of several other evil dwarves and spiders. Apparently, and there's spiders. Some pictures of them riding spiders in under the dark shit. So, yeah. But yeah, that, that that is about how I feel about them. Uh, let's talk about their mechanical stuff, unless there are some old pictures of evil, stinky dwarves <laughs> that I almost missed out on looking at. I mean... Are there good ones? So, there is something interesting 
Okay. Um, first, like you've seen the fifth edition one. Mm-hmm. Fourth edition, there's some weird ones, like some. Uh, Whoa, one spiky of, beard. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, spike mohawk. Yeah, I was gonna say, what about red hair spike mohawk girl over there? Whoa, spike mohawk. That yeah. looks like a Tony Hawk pro skater with a warhammer. Yep, sure does. Uh, she's pretty cool. No. Um, so there's that, and then. Apparently, like, the gray skin thing, like, the mm-hmm. d- grayish-purple skin, is, like, a fourth edition and onward thing, because third don't have it. They're just dwarves. They're just mad dwarves. Yeah, it's hard to say. Everything's a little bit, like, muddled, and you know me, I'm bad at color perception anyway. Yeah. They're kind of, like, they have, like, pinkish skin tone on them, so, like... And then, I don't know, the second edition <laughs> ones look like... I like them. Uh, hey, look at this tiny axe! <laughs> yeah, they, they look like things you would see, like, on Beavis and Butthead Yeah, the one on the left looks like Edgar Allan Poe, but with a pike. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, he's, I love his mustache, but, mm-hmm. yeah, that's second edition, and then first is just this fucking thing. Oh, I kind of like that. I think that might be the single greatest drawing I've seen out of first edition. That might be true, actually, like, yeah. There's actual, like, shading and line work, as opposed to just, like, a weird shape on a page. That may be true. That may be true. It's a good um, job. Way to go, whoever drew that in the <laughs> 70s. But yeah, that, uh, nothing, like, crazy interesting. It's just I thought it was a little weird that yeah. the they decided to go more drow with them as time went on. Yeah, well, I wonder how much of that has something to do with the proliferation of the Underdark itself in, like, Forgotten Realm stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, 3.5e kind of came out around that, like, R.A. Salvatore re-renaissance where he kind of went back and did those Dritz prequels. yeah. Uh, so I wonder if maybe there was some, like, oh, you guys like that Underdark shit, don't you? Well, if you <laughs> like evil elves, just wait and see. There are evil dwarves, and they look the same. Because capitalism. Buy our shit. I was curious, so I wanted to look up Deep Gnomes to see if it was kind of the same situation. But the problem with figuring out that is that no pictures before 5th edition were in color. Yeah. So, so there we go. I don't know. Oh yeah. Let's talk about their mechanical stuff. Alrighty. So mechanically, the Duergar is a CR1 creature, so this is quite early game stuff. It is a medium humanoid, it is a dwarf, it's lawful evil. I thought dwarves were a small category. Nope. 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 Yeah, no. that's, you know, I thought so as, as well, but... It's just weird because they have reduced speed, but they're medium sized. Yeah, it's, I guess it's supposed to be like they're, ooh, they're, they're burly. stout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they are medium-sized. They have an armor class of 16 because they got scale mail and a shield. And this is one of those cool, since it's a humanoid, we can use real stats as opposed to whatever number the designer was like, yeah, fuck it, that'll do. <laughs> and for its CR, an AC of 16 is quite good. Uh, several several standard deviations above. It also has 26 hit points, which is also, I mean, like, you know, it, it hits about average, right? Um, and it has a reduced speed of 25 feet, despite the fact that it's medium size. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. The size category in D&D sucks because, like, dwarves, their, like, little height chart thing mm-hmm. is pretty much, like, it dips into small category, but, like, as a whole, they count them as medium. Maybe it's so that you can make a dwarf grappler and you aren't hindered by size category. Yeah, it makes sense. 
In terms of their, like, attributes, they're about what you would expect. Um, pretty high strength and constitution, and then everything else is kind of mediocre. They are resistant to poison damage for reasons. Is that a dwarf thing? Yeah, it's a dwarf thing. Okay, cool. It's a dwarf thing. They have 120 dark vision. Uh, they have, uh, by which I mean they have dark vision out to 120 feet, because under dark stuff, they have a regular ass passive perception of 10. They speak dwarvish, because dwarves. They speak undercommon, because undercommon dwarves. <laughs> And that's about that. That's about that. It's weird that they aren't um, resistant to the poisoned condition. Yeah. Because I yeah, think that is weird. dwarves are. Well, that's uh, part of their oh, their, their, their do their gar resilience. Oh, advantage. Yep. You're yeah. right. Sorry. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of their traits, they have this trait called Duergar resilience, which is like, as we mentioned in the lore, they have advantage on saving throws against poison. On spells and illusions, as well to resist being charmed or paralyzed. So that doesn't actually that doesn't say the poison condition. Uh, Saving throws against against poison. poison, which you know you could rule fairly. I would say that it could like include the poisoned condition. Yeah, but it never it doesn't like specifically say against the poisoned condition. So I'm imagining like, oh, I hit you with my basic poison. You have an advantage on the con save. Is kind of what it reads. Hmm. Which is weird. Like, it's weird how they aren't naturally resilient to, like, saving throws against the poison condition. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it is it is a little kind of weirdly worded, but yeah. I guess it functionally does roughly the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, DMs rule that how you may. Uh, on top of that, this is basically just magic resilience, as we mentioned. So they're, you know, just another way to make your spellcasters feel bad. I The thing that I really like about this is that uh, it does specifically say as well to, as to resist charms and paralyzes, mm. which are specifically about mind flayers, whose yeah. effects are not spell effects. Yeah. So it wouldn't, magic resistance yeah. would do nothing for them against that. Yeah. But. <laughs> that is cool. Yes. I do like that quite a bit. It's, you know, I'm of two minds. I don't super like magic resilience unless it's used like sparingly and that is the gimmick of the fight. Yeah. Um, it helps that they, these guys don't have that much HP. Um, but I, you know, is D&D is already stacked again. And I've talked about this a million billion times, but D&D is already stacked against debuffers to my mind. Oh, sure. Uh, so I don't really like this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like, it helps that they have almost no saving throws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they don't have much HP either. So like, whatever. The yeah. fight isn't going to last that long anyway, but uh, yeah. just on principle. They also have sunlight sensitivity, which is like the underdark thing. If they're in sunlight, the thing has disadvantage on attack rolls as well as disadvantage on perception checks that rely on sight. Yep. And this is kind of one of those like shut down the, like I'm using exploiting the weakness, something that I always like. I cast sunlight in the middle of the Duragar city. Yeah. There are quite a awful lot of creatures that are sunlight sensitive. Uh, I always kind of figured that was the case, but it never really struck me. Like, we've had a few already, and we're not that far into the Monster Manual. Yeah. Uh, it might be kind of like a cool build, right? Like, just radiant. <laughs> it's gotta be like the Van Helsing build, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just always, you're always ready. Yeah. My bottle full of sunlight. Yeah, <laughs> just a whole bunch of light spells and stuff. That would be kind of cool. In terms of their actions, the big cool one that they get, the biggest coolest one that they get is called Enlarge, and basically it functions kind of like the Enlarge spell. Uh, where once per rest, short or long rest, they can for one minute increase in size along with anything they're wearing or carrying. While they're big, they're large size category, they double their damage dice on strength-based weapon attacks, i.e. like their weapon attacks. 
uh, and they make strength checks and strength saves with advantage. So it's way better than the enlarged yeah, spell. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like way better than the actual enlarged spell, but this one like functions how it should work. Yeah, it's cooler and yeah. it's better. Yeah, you're right. There's also like this cute affordance that says if the Duragar is in a space that's too small for it to be big, it just kind of like splits the difference and gets <laughs> as big as it can get for that space. <laughs> So I, I kind of like the idea, because, like, the advantage remains the same. I like the idea of, like, we're fighting in, like, a Minecraft single one-cube <laughs> tunnel, yeah. and the the doer guard just, like, grows one centimeter. <laughs> I'm big now! Advantage! Advantage! Twice as much damage! Yeah. In terms of those weapon attacks that we mentioned, they get uh, two, they get their choice of war pick or Javelin, and war pick has a plus four to hit, which is quite good. Uh, and does an amount of damage 1d8 plus 2 piercing damage or 11 2d8 plus 2 piercing damage if they big the javelin also has a plus 4 to hit it can use it as a range uh, and a plus 4 is you know pretty good as I mentioned um, and it does 1d6 plus 2 piercing damage or 2d6 plus 2 piercing damage if they big it's kind of just like standard warrior fair stuff right I have my melee attack and then I have my javelin attack and like my, my ranged attack yeah Incidentally, like, for a CR1 crit, so, like, it, this seems like one of those kinds of fights where it's, like, you're not fighting one Durgar, you are a level 5 team fighting five Durgar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, the damage checks out. In, in terms of, like, what they can do, it's technically below average, but for, like, what feels kind of like a mob enemy, it feels about right. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that, like... Especially because, like, once you get into level 5 and onward, you're probably going to be fighting these guys. And I know I'm kind of getting into, like, battle thoughts before I'm finished with the stat block. We've only got, like, one thing left on yeah, the stat block. Yeah, so the, the last thing is invisibility. Like we mentioned, once per rest, uh, they can turn invisible until they attack or cast a spell or become big or until their concentration's broken or until an hour has passed. Uh, and anything they have with them turns invisible, so it's just like a free get-out-of-jail card. Yeah. More or less. Or you could use it to, like, do do a big attack and have advantage on it if you didn't want to enlarge or something. Like, a, you know, in some ways this kind of makes, like, a good Underdark random encounter because they can literally just appear out of nowhere. Right? Yeah. Not bad. Uh, I love that it lasted an hour as well. Doesn't regular invisibility last, like, a minute? No, it must last an I hour as well. I think it lasts an hour. Yeah. I... Mm. I, f- I feel like it must, right? Last an hour. Pretty well, sure. I thought that way. Yeah, I thought that way about fly too. But yeah. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably an hour. Yeah. I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> Everything we say is true. Mm-hmm. That's the perks of having a podcast. So in terms of like an actual fight, I'm imagining, you know, once you like, you could probably do like three Duragar against your team of four level threes. And then like, oh, one's turning invisible and chucking javelins with advantage. And that one's the ranged one. And the other two are frontliners and they're doing the thing and being enlarged. And they're the ones that the warriors fight. And then there you go. And then the fight's done. And maybe they're like caves and like one of them has like a poison vial and it throws. And then there's poison, but all the Duragar don't give a fuck. I do like that you can be invisible and enlarged at the same time. I do kinda, you can. I do kind of like that. If you if you use your enlarge, the invisibility ends. Yes, but if you, but if you enlarge, you... you can still use your invisibility afterwards. Interesting. So you can go invisible, just be like, whoa, and then strategize. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is technically true. I don't know if that's in the spirit of the text, but that is <laughs> that technically is a... true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that could also be like a fun, like... 
And then a slightly bigger dwarf attacks. It just shows up. No, oh, fuck it. <laughs> uh, it at least helped with the action economy, right? Like, because then you don't have to waste your turn getting big. Yeah. Uh, when the players will probably kill you immediately. Yeah. Because uh, their initiative probably isn't going to be that high. Because they only got, like, what? Is it a plus one to dex? Not even? No. Plus zero to dex. <laughs> Straight roll. Yep. In terms of, like, a bigger fight, I'm imagining, like, oh, it's the the big dwarf the biggest <laughs> of the big dwarves so what i'm I, what i'm trying to say what I, in a very roundabout way is that i like that enlarge exists because it gives uh, a bunch of various different ways to to target minions right mm-hmm. i feel like in in larger D fights it's kind of just like oh i fight the goblins i fight whatever one's goblins to yeah me. I think that by having some of them like be enlarged and stuff, there's some like, oh, we have to focus fire on this one dwarf that's really far away, uh, but we have to get a whole bunch of other dwarves in in between me and and you know you can just make like tactics and stuff, yeah, and and trade offs. It's like having a second and uh, a second type of dwarf on yeah. top of your one type of dwarf yeah. in a fight, yeah. And then on top of that, like you know they have like ranged attacks and oh no, one turn invisible. Probably should do something about that. <laughs> you cast fairy fire, and then you can play battleship, and that's always kind of fun and good. Or battleship. I mean, that's what it, when the creature turns <laughs> invisible, you're just playing is, battleship. Yeah. You're right. Uh, you're right. And then, like, at least that's how I typically rule it. Um, <laughs> Until you have a sorcerer, and you just yeah, fairy fire or whatever, yeah. or just blow up that blow entire quadrant of the planet, <laughs> and then there you go. But that's about what i think of them mechanically you know it's kind of just like standard fair fight right yeah it's and this happens early enough in the early game that you could probably get away with a standard fair fight and it still feel pretty all right yeah i think so it's just kind of another it's a cr1 so it's just like another bugbear it's like oh this is good this is a good cr1 monster yeah (laughs) i think it is a good cr1 monster especially since like it's not too hellish to fight right like it's (laughs) this isn't one of those like oh i'm gonna kill the wizard even if it's enlarged it's average damage isn't gonna like yeah kill anyone at level one it would like be close yeah it would be close but yeah. you wouldn't like kill a wizard yeah so like that's good enough for me yeah it's my that's my smell test <laughs> if you can if you can if it kill doesn't one hit kill the wizard then that's probably good that's enough probably for me. all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> balanced yeah balance game design <laughs> but yeah uh, generally yeah it's good solid monster yeah i uh i don't know how i feel about them in terms of like they're lore. I what? wish there was more, but I'm sure there is. I'm sure you like can read a whole a bunch of of Forgotten Realms novels that talk extensively about all the fun creatures of the good Empire. fifth edition lore. Not to have to go back thirty years yeah. and read a bunch of novels. Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe Volo's Guide has something on dwarves and dwarf types. I can't remember. Probably. Yeah, it's the thing they do. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tooth and Nail. If you enjoyed this episode of Tooth and Nail, please, please, just like, I want to subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> I, get, I do the weird shit. Yeah, it's true. I do the weird shit. I'm sorry I'm not subscribed. It's fine. It's, you know, it would feel wrong. I just, I put myself out there and... Yeah. yeah. 
if you didn't like this episode, no, I, leave us a review is what I mean to say. <laughs> if you didn't like that, leave us like a good review and maybe like give us a little smooch or something. If you didn't like this episode of Tooth and Nail, uh, I would strongly instead encourage you to go check out nerdsmith.org where you'll find a lot of things and you won't even hear our voices once. <laughs> if you don't like us, there's plenty of things yeah, out there. Maybe stay nervous. away from Dear DM because you might hear our voices once there. <laughs> uh, but you could check out the rest of Dear DM. Oh, yeah. But just like keep a sharp eye because we're tricksy. We'll <laughs> we, come out of nowhere. We just sneak right in. We're like a Duergar. We're invisible and then poof. We're there. And then we large right in front of you. And then we're large. We're super big right in your face. In the meantime, uh, what's a good creature comfort for this one? Get some more spikes. I feel like I've used this before. You know, uh, get some more spikes. You reminded me of a thing I wanted to say earlier, but it's fine. It's too late. Well, it's not too late. The podcast is... I haven't clicked the record button that stops the recording. You could say it now. You have the power. What's our creature comfort? No. Be decisive. That's our creature comfort. <laughs> say what you're going to say. Get battle ragey. Dwarf battle ragers, spiky armor. They're the coolest thing about dwarves and Durgar. Like should a, be all about them. It's like, like a berserker? A, or like it's a, a specific subclass called battle rager. They have cool trench coats with spiked armor and they hit people with them. It's weapons. Okay. Duragar are all about them. I meant to bring it up earlier and I forgot. Yeah. So my creature comfort is go get yourself a very nicely fitted suit of spiked armor with a trench coat. Yeah. And then just, and just, you know. Body people. Go sign up for your local LARPing group yeah. and come wearing your your own battle raging armor and yeah. make some friends. Yeah. Make, make some friends. Although not right now. Well. Well. Whenever this airs. Yeah. yeah. Well, one, yeah. <laughs> it's pandemic. Yeah. This has been a weird note. It's been a weird ending, yeah. That's why I said forget about it. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs>